I've decided I want Charlie Brown for my vice president. Oh, good grief. The views expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Tony, Bruce, and the Monty Man. Welcome aboard, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Bruce. Hey. Hey, Tony. Yo. Hey, Monty. Hello. We are all here. We are all here. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. yeah. Tony walked to the studio today. What is wrong with you? Tony <laughs> oh, had adventures. I had this, this whole story I was going to tell about <laughs> that, about how we had to go out and get her, and she was power walking. Oh, yeah. Remember that did happen? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well welcome just, aboard. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, The Great Reality with Tony and Bruce and myself. You guys are looking chipper. Hey. Oh, chipper? No other way to be. We're a chipper. 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 Mm-hmm. Chipper, chipper, That's such chipper. a fun word, chipper. Chipper, chipper. yes. It can put you in any good Well, movie. I guess I was thinking tired of people, and the people in the program would ask me, you know, how you doing? I'd say, fine. They'd make, they'd make some sort of, you know, fun of that. And I'd say, okay. They'd make fun of that. I'd say, oh, I'm doing great. They'd make fun of that. So I just thought I'd say chipper. chipper. I'm doing chipper. And they're like, they look at me like, what? What? So there you Did go. you hear Chipper. our responses when you said, how are you? Yay, yo, ho. Yay, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, you're a bunch of pirates. Yay, ho, ho. Variety pack. So how was, how was your mom's day, Tony? Um, Eye-opening and interesting. Eye-opening and interesting. Uh, Bruce? <laughs> how was your mother's day? Well, I'm... I told all every girl I knew that was a mom Happy Mother's Day. There you go. You Aww. know, and I Aww. and that is a big change for me because I usually tell people you're not my mother. Oh you wow! Know? Yeah, I really and I, but I said that's probably wrong. Well, I used so. to go around saying, "Are you my mother?" Wasn't Are there you a my book? Mother? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a little chicken or something. Yeah. Doctor Seuss, wasn't it? No, I don't. It was with Seuss. the dog and the little bird, wasn't it? Yeah, the doggy and the little bird. Seuss. Are you my? I don't know. Are you my mama? Listeners, let us know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was going to stop and pick up a rose for an individual and give it to him for Mother's Day. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, I didn't have the money. <laughs> I had spent more money than I had thought, so I I just didn't. So I didn't, didn't do it. Want to go, <laughs> I didn't want to go to the bank and get some money. You know, I just, I didn't want to go through that whole process. They weren't so worth I, it. <laughs> I told this person, I said, yeah, I was going to get you a rose and give it to you. But I, you know, this little deal where I didn't have the money. And they said, well, you shouldn't have told me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought when you said yeah. that too. Yeah. And so my, she didn't answer the question, but why? It's kind of a little devastating, but not in like a hurtful way. Kind of like. 
oh, I would have had a rose. That would have been cool. Like, I would have had a great mother today. That would have been cool for me, but I did good for others. And that's actually Aww, a true story. Th- there you go. Oh, wow. That, yeah. That's actually a yeah. true story. Well, then, you know, I, yeah, but it's the same. But, you know, I, I guess maybe I should have kept my big mouth shut. Oh, well, we love you, Bruce. Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I have moments every week where I probably yeah. should keep my big mouth oh, shut. Oh, God. <laughs> I am queen of I should have kept my mouth shut, okay? <laughs> Horrible. Well, I'll tell you what we no did. No filter. But I guess we, you know, we don't know what, we're gonna, when we say something, we don't know how people are going to take it. Exactly. Right. What this response will be. That's I true. was trying to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. 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 So so we we went we went to the church and Colin you know Colin goes over to First Albany First Assembly and he's you know he's very involved with the youth group there and everything but he came to church with us which is a tad boring for him <laughs> because we're a little more conservative not we don't rock out quite as much as as they do over there and so you know but he did that for his mom and and that was really awesome That's and. Sweet. He got to say hi to some old friends that were over there because he was on the worship team over there uh, mm. before. And uh, then then we went out to lunch to a, a brand new restaurant. I don't know if the restaurant's new, but but we'd never been there before. We were, we were going to go to Texas Roadhouse. I love that. In, in Eugene. Um, but instead, we stopped at a place called BJ's, which is right next to it almost in <laughs> Eugene in the Valley River Center. BJ's was amazing. I mean, it was, they're not even an Italian restaurant per se. They're like more of a grill kind of thing. But their Italian food makes Olive Garden look like a bad cooking school. Oh, yeah. No, you, you know, Olive Garden's gotten yeah. worse and worse over the years. It has. And and this was absolutely, I mean, everything was garden fresh. Mm-hmm. Everything was hot. It was absolutely delicious. And then we went over and saw. Um, Captain America Civil War, which is the new Captain America movie and the oh. Avengers and that. And I'm not really into that too much. Um, but about, uh, about a quarter way through, I slept. <laughs> and then Spider-Man entered the scene with all the other Avengers and I woke up and I really had a gas. It was a really, really good movie. It was really it done really well. I was really surprised. Um, so we had a full day. Good. And well, I I want to correct Marshall myself. Like I actually I did have one great Mother's Day gift, and that was for my daughter Kylie. Aww, I, lo- thank I love you, you Kylie. Kylie. Uh, she got, I got home Friday. Had a bad week already. Anyways, I uh-huh. mean, that's last week. I just never want to relive. Had a sucky week. Oh yeah. God, that's yeah. putting it nicely. But I came home, and I know what the box was because it said Harry something. I'm like, oh my God! I sat on the. <laughs> Porch with this brown box, knowing what's inside, just crying. Like, it said Harry something. And Harry, like what? Whoever the the strawberry maker, chocolate. Oh, it's choc- it was chocolate covered strawberry. Yeah. Oh my. So I knew word. what was in there. So I was holding this box on the porch, just crying like, "I love you, Kylie. I love you." Aww. <laughs> awesome. See now, my son and I wish I'd known that. My son and and his youth group and everything made chocolate covered strawberries to raise money. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I think for his Romania mission trip, and the, the the strawberries, he said, "Dad, they're as big as your fist." Yeah, they were just gigantic. Yeah, these are huge. Yeah, yeah, I love chocolate covered strawberries, <laughs> but I'm not supposed to eat them. It's when, still when fruit. Do, when do the cherries come out? Did I say cherries? I meant no strawberries. strawberries. No, okay. no. I, when do the chocolate covered cherries come out? You no. See. When do the cherries come out? Where you can get them on the roadside at the at the <laughs> strawberry? Oh, oh, I like don't know. Well, I have a tree. It's a half cherry tree and half something else. 
So the flowers have blossomed, but I haven't seen any buds yet, so not quite yet. Yeah, because, oh, I love them. I get a, I like cherries a crate them. every year. A crate. A chocolate-covered chocolate? Or no, just, just cherries. Oh, okay. Oh, I love cherries. My dad's a chocolate-covered uh, cherry fan. I don't care for them much. Oh, I don't either. Bruce is a chocolate-covered cherry. That's I a, am a <laughs> Well, that's a different talk show, I think. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay, the audience knows we're crazy. We mm-hmm. can't even have a conversation, right? So so uh, the, before we tell you what the topic is uh, this week, next week is going to be kind of fun. We're going to have, uh, we're gonna have uh, Greg uh, Seward. Join us on the phone. Greg is the director at the University of Massachusetts Medical Center. He also teaches at University of Massachusetts Medical Center School. Oh, wow. Um, and it's going to be on the topic of tobacco and vaping and e-cigarettes hmm. and the truth about that stuff that you listeners, if you're vaping because you think it's better than smoking, you want to listen to this because you may just change your mind. Uh, I'm not saying that smoking is worse or better. I'm going to let Greg talk to you about this. But this I guy, have, is I a have a lot of questions for Greg. Yeah, this, <laughs> and he's going to be able to answer them. He is an expert. He is, he is the director. Of, I don't know, say director or the CEO, whatever his title, but he's the head dude of the Tobacco Initiative out in Boston, and he's going to be able to educate us on some things that just may blow your mind. That'll be an interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So he's he's going to join us. He's been on the show several times. Uh, I had the pleasure of staying at it at his home with he and his beautiful wife and children out in Boston. Um, Boston. Uh, here a couple of years ago. And just just a great great family. He loves yeah. the Lord and and uh, and loves recovery and just an amazing guy. So he'll be with us next week. Accent I have, and all. I have a whole section <laughs> in my family that do those things. Do the e-cigarettes uh, and the vaping yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. I have that. And uh, you know they have children and uh, it's my great grandchildren and right. You know and it's just uh, they constantly have this thing in their hand and smoking it. It's mm-hmm. worse than cigarettes. I always think it'll blow up in my face. That's why I don't. <laughs> that would be my luck. Okay. <laughs> Them big lighters were a, were a something for a while. Yeah. Remember when they were going off in people's pockets? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a trip. Yeah. So this week's topic is good grief. Good grief. And a little snippet that we heard at the very beginning uh, was uh, Linus talking to Lucy telling Lucy that he wanted Charlie Brown to be his running mate as a vice president. And I thought that was kind of tongue-in-cheek, depending on how you look at things today and right now with the uh, the craziness going on in uh, politics. And, and also the whole the whole term, good grief. You know, Charles Schultz penned that in the uh, Phoenix. Peanuts. Peanuts. <laughs> I'm giving myself in trouble here. The Phoenix com- Peanuts comic strip. Mercy. Um, oh, my God. And you talk for a living? I, I know. I, I... <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> um, but we're going to be talking about grief. Grief. And, and this, is, um, this, is definitely, um, this is definitely part of our lives. And not just people in recovery, but uh, mm. as people in recovery, many times we magnify everything. So how would you come up you know, with good grief? Good grief? Um, well, well like, there is good like grief. Like good meaning excellent? Yes. Our, well, good is 
Excellent grief. Excellent grief. <laughs> Actually, grieving can be a very good thing. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that uh, here in a minute. Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with you, Bruce. I just don't know. I just don't hey, you're know. You're the one that come up with a heady, you and Cecil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Cecil, Cecil, <laughs> we're going to be doing trivia here in just a minute, so don't go away. More when we come back with uh, Dysfunctional Bruce and Functional Tony and Marvelous Monty when we <laughs> return. Free by the Sea is a drug and alcohol recovery center located in beautiful Ocean Park, Washington. This facility is amazingly gorgeous, but what's even more amazing is the integrity of the staff and the treatment provided for those wishing to recover from narcotic and alcohol addiction. The folks at Free by the Sea have a passion for presenting the solution to addiction for you or your loved one. To speak with an admission specialist, visit FreeByTheSea.com or call toll-free 800-272-9199. This place is simply amazing. And now, it's the quiz of the week. That's right. That's right, everybody. It's time for Take 12 Radio's Quiz of the Week. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by that recovery magazine, the 12 Step Gazette. Visit their <laughs> website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, here's the Monty Dance. <laughs> Yes, indeedy. It's Bruce's favorite game show. The Take 12 Trivia's Quiz of the Week. If you get it wrong, if you get it right, there you go. <laughs> this week, fish trivia. Like real fish, fish or like the program? No, real fish. Oh, okay, good. Fish <laughs> trivia. What fish program? You know, fish, the, the people that help the hungry and all that. That's what you're talking about, right? Oh. Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fish program here in Lynn County. Oh, no, I not thought, the fish program. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a new TV show. No. <laughs> no, but do you remember Barney Miller? There was a guy. Oh my God, I remember fish. that show. My dad loved that show. There was a guy named Fish on there. A big oh, tall guy. I didn't know that. Was yeah. that part of the trivia? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's All do right, this. Here, uh, okay, number one. Humans have around seven thousand taste buds. Do catfish have more or less than humans? Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> or any at all. Um, I'd say more because fish say more? are weird. What do you say, Bruce? I, I'd say more just because it's so weird, too. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are absolutely correct. Catfish have over 27,000 taste buds. Jesus. And actually, most fish have taste buds all over their bodies. Ooh. Yeah, all over. Mm-hmm. That's why they... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> okay, number <laughs> number here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Uh, uh, number two, fish scales are found in most brands of this cosmetic. Of this Ew. cosmetic, is it lipstick, eyeshadow, or facial cream? Lipstick, lipstick. What do you say, Tony? I go with him. You guys are absolutely correct. I heard that one yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you betcha. Why is it in there? I don't know. Oh. You would be I'd probably sickened to death if you knew some of the other ingredients. Thank in, God, uh, I don't wear lipstick. 
Yeah. Up, I forget what it had anything to do with, but I did hear it. Fishy lips. Yeah. Now, now you can have fish lips. See, I pay attention when they talk about women and cosmetics. And now, and that's what you remember? Is there fish scales? <laughs> I that's say, why we love you, Bruce. You smell like mackerel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As long as you say you don't smell like tuna, you're great. <laughs> I'm not even going there. <laughs> All right, number three. <laughs> Quickly. You're um, a little fishy. This <laughs> Careful. All right. Careful. Okay. Uh, this fish <laughs> can actually raise its body temperature just by thinking it. You ready? Oh, wow. Is it a blowfish? A blowfish. Is it a great white shark or is it a seahorse? A blowfish. Okay, I'm just going to be different here. I'm, I'm going to say... The last one, the seahorse, because I like seahorses. Oh, no, you go with the shark. Okay. <laughs> what do you say, Bruce? Blowfish. Blowfish. Well, you both would be incorrect. Oh. It is the shark. It is the great oh. white shark. Its ability to do that in order to hunt in, regardless what temperature the water's in, oh. it can raise its temperature or lower Get out of here. No, very, 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 very talented fishy. Yep. Yep. Now, see that, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know it either. <laughs> now I do. No All wonder right. they can come in close to the shore. Like yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Okay, here is uh, here is your last and your bonus. Are fish color Are fish colorblind? Yes or no? I say yes. This is a guess, people, but I'm going with yes also. They are colorblind. Yeah, you guys would be incorrect. They what? do see color. Yep. They do see color. Those fish. Well, I guess they'd have to because that's the shark, the brightness of, of well, things of the movement. Yeah, and actually, let me correct that. Most fish see color. Not every single species, make, but most fish do. We make lures, and they're a different color. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, good point. Kind of good point. And so many yeah. of them are actually able to camouflage themselves, and so they, they have to be able to see color to... to, mm. to uh, yeah. I, ju- I just didn't stuff. think. I that bet that there's a lot of people listening to this show that said dummy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. You take tri- fish trivia. <laughs> I'm yeah, in a great mood. Yeah, you get, you get trivia about flowers and, mm-hmm. you know, and I dinosaurs. Like- and <laughs> I, You know the what, though? My whole week, I love this hour because I love the trivia part. Aww. <laughs> I do. It's honest. It is. Tony's favorite game show. It is. Bruce is just looking at Tony like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> it's like the price is right, but live. Yeah. You don't want anything, but that's still good. Okay. He's still staring at her. <laughs> do you guys remember? Do you I'm guys remember? I'm using the big door. You remember Don Knotts? Remember Don Knotts? Oh, was, I loved him. Right? Okay. So he played played Barney on the Andy Griffith show. Was mm-hmm. it Barney that he played? Um, he also he also played uh, Mr. Roper. In Three's company. Three's company, he was one of the Mr. Rope Preservers, too. Um, he also played the voice of a fish in a, a movie. I can't remember the name of it. it. Was called Was it Limpet? I think it was Limpet, something like that. Where he turned, he fell into the water and he turned into a fish. And he was an animated fish, and he, he would talk to his family. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a fish. Remember that, Bruce? Yes, I do. Yeah. And he swam away with a fish girlfriend and lived happily ever after in the yeah. bottom of the deep blue sea. Go, Mr. Roper. Go, <laughs> Go Mr. Roper. Das, das Limpet. Yes. Well, that does yes, it for I... Take 12 that Trivia. Was, that was a cute movie. It was a cute movie. 
fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> all right, we'll be back right after this with the topic. AA made all the difference in my life. I noticed that most of the goals I had as a kid were slipping by. I didn't feel like the person I hoped to be. After all those years of drinking, I, I really didn't know myself. When I was out there drinking, I was always looking for the next great party to make me feel all right. With AA, I found a better way of life. And I feel good in my everyday life, even without a drink in my hand. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Mm-hmm. Who's that, Bruce? You know who that is? Uh, no, I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking. Oh, what a night! Oh, what a night! Who did? Who sang? Oh, what a night! That, I know the song. I don't know the that. Name. Actually, wasn't the voice of the one who usually sings in that group, but it was the Four Seasons. Ah, the Four Seasons. Yes, Mr. Valley. But that wasn't him singing. He actually comes in later in that song. No, um, that's back when. Boy, I lost my microphone. You lost your microphone. <laughs> yeah, back in the sixties. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, flat tops and right. The four aces and. Oh, what a night! Well, listen. Um, we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about grief uh, this week. Um, it, it is something that uh, you know. I don't care who you are. At some point in your life, you're going to experience it. Mm-hmm. It might be at a you know a very minimal level. It might be a, a catastrophic thing. Um, and we're not going to talk about grieving our drugs and that kind of thing, but, but that, that's a topic for another show, but actually we do go through a grieving process when it comes to that stuff too. Mm. Um, we go through a grieving process when it comes to no longer hanging out with our old playmates that were doing drugs. There, there's actually a bond that's formed there and we, we grieve that, uh, we grieve our old lifestyle to a certain extent because it's what we knew. Yeah. Um, but but this is more along the lines of loss um, when it comes to other people uh, in our lives and perhaps friends and loved ones and so forth. And and I, I'm going to have Tony read um, read a little bit here, and then we'll take it from there and talk about the the five different uh, areas of grief that most people experience. So go ahead, Tony. Alrighty, the stages of mourning and grief are universal and are experienced by people from all walks of life. Mourning occurs in response to an individual's individual's own terminal illness, the loss of a close relationship, or death of a valued being, human, or animal. There are five stages of normal grief that were first proposed by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in her 1969 book On Death and Dying. In our bereavement, we spent different lengths of time walking through each step and express each stage with different levels of intensity. The five stages do not necessarily occur in any order. We often move between stages before achieving a more peaceful acceptance of death. Many of us are not many of us are not afforded the luxury of time required to achieve to achieve this final stage of grief. The death of your loved one might inspire you to evaluate your own feelings of mortality. Throughout each stage, a common thread of hope emerges. And that is, as long as there is life, there is hope. And as long as there is hope, there is life. 
Many do not experience the stages in the order listed here, which is okay. The key to understanding the stages is not to feel like you must go through every one of them in precise order. Instead, it's more helpful to look at them as a guided and grievance process or in the grieving process. It helps you understand and put into context where you are. All people grieve differently. Some people will wear their emotions on their sleeves, as I do, and be outwardly emotional. Others will experience their grief more internally and may not cry, like my dad. You should try not to judge how a person experiences their grief, as each person will experience it differently. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank well you. Well done. Thank you. So before we talk about the five levels of grief, um, and and I'll sh- I'll share with you uh, one of my short stories. But but Tony, you've experienced loss, right? <laughs> In more ways than one. Yes. You want to share a little bit? Um. Well, my first one was my grandfather, and I am um, his, his name. I called him Gramps, mm-hmm. but uh, that was kind of in the beginning of my drinking career. Um, like the very, very, very early stages of it. Um, right. And it made me realize to like two, two years in sobriety when my grandma died, like how much time I lost. And that really like was a huge awakening into like feeling the feelings mm-hmm. and what grieving really is. Um, so I really leaned into the program, but there are also things like, I have to grieve relationships, like you said earlier, yes. about like um, having to make decisions for myself without having to worry about how other people feel because it's better mm-hmm. and healthier for me. But it's still a grieving process. You bet. It's still a loss. So, you mean time to have to have to walk away from a situation mm-hmm. uh, with a person who's still alive? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a huge grieving process. Well, and the third one is trying to make a. Irrational decision like my cinder, <laughs> right? I won't. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's hard for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. That one was most recent. That's how I still choke right. up. Right, <laughs> right, right. Bruce, what about you? I don't know how to to approach this. Mm-hmm. You know, I really don't. I mm-hmm. I know that uh, when I lost my mom. It was probably the first time that I realized that it, there was a process taking place. And I'd have to go into the bathroom and throw water on my face for I could go back out and talk to the people that in the house. Yeah. Because of, you know, my, they was going to cry. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. just swell up inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I did for a couple years. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It was it was just horrible to, you know, I couldn't speak about her. Yeah, you know, yeah. But there was a lot of, you know, I wish I could have done this. I wish I'd have done could've, that. Sure. That was it that I placed internally inside mm-hmm. myself that had taken place in her life. You know that mm-hmm. I should have been a better caretaker. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know. And then the last one was I just lost my wife. You know, right? And um, that was under circumstances where she was by herself. And uh, I was never, I grieve, I don't think it was the loss of my wife, but recognizing my own shortcomings and how I should have uh, loved her. Perfectly put. Perfectly Mm. put. Amen. 
I didn't properly. So do you were that. grieving in the realm of regret. You can't recover from that. Yeah. See, you did it. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's it's over. Yeah. And uh, I I wish that I would have. Uh, I I grieve the, f- the thought that uh, what I could have done to help her mm-hmm. and to make her life better mm-hmm. and probably my own too. Mm-hmm. If I would have been able to do that, you know, and I think I could now. And if that's the bad thing, that's the horrible thing that we have to to live with is we know now that it was nonsense that was in our own head. Yeah. And our own inability to think to do that because we're so selfish and Mm self-centered. Sure. You know. Sure. And I'm not sure I'm still not thinking about myself, but oh, I'd give anything to be able to rectify that and to change that. Mm-hmm. And I just hope God will use it in a mm-hmm. mighty way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so to a mind that, that come to mind, uh, Sakima was our, uh, our, our first dog. Mm-hmm. And Sakima was my, my best friend, you know, and Sakima was, he, he was with me constantly. When, when I had to, to let Sakima go because Sakima got very, very sick, uh, hip problems and so forth. Um, Sakima fought me on, I was holding Sakima down while they did the injection and fought me on it. And the last look in his eyes wasn't one, it was more one of being scared and being confused. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get that out of my head riding back from Corvallis where we had to put Sakima down. And I I cried. I, I am talking about uncontrollable weeping mm. harder than I did when my mom died. I mean, it was intense. It was yeah. wailing. I was, because I, 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 I just felt so guilty and, and, and you know, and, and uh, it was, it was very, very powerful. It was very, very powerful. Now the, uh, the other one, I had to grieve the loss of my entire family on my side with the exception of one cousin. And, um, we we had a situation where we did nothing wrong. We did absolutely nothing wrong, and I had a relative step in and confuse my mother and and lie to my mother. And my mom wasn't doing well mentally mm-hmm. and changed the will and everything. We lost our home. We lost the school district that my parents set up for my children because we lost our home. And not one member of my family. Now, I was an only child, but I had lots of aunts and uncles. Mm -hmm. And we were always very close growing up. Not one member of them would talk to me for years. And I have one cousin that continues to talk to me. Actually, two. Um, One that I've always been very close with. But the rest of them, aunts and uncles, hang up on me, don't want anything to do with me. They believed a bunch. I didn't know what they were told. Mm -hmm. But I I had to grieve the loss of my side of the family. Yeah. And... um, Boy, that was you feel like a man without a country hmm. kind of thing, you know. The the thing that's great about um about our stories is that we're still here. True. We walk through these things, we move through these things with the help of God. Here is uh now this like you mentioned in what you read, these are the five levels of grief. Um according to the author that you mentioned, and these do not necessarily happen in this order. Mm-hmm. Um, it is common for them to happen in this order, but it's not uncommon that they don't. Uh, number one, denial and isolation. 
Uh, the first reaction to learning of terminal illness or death of a cherished loved one is to deny the reality of the situation. You know, this isn't really happening. Mm. I, I was that way with my family. So when I say death of the loved one, it was the death of my family, you know, that this can't be happening. Um, it is a normal reaction to rationalize overwhelming emotions. It is a defense mechanism that buffers the immediate shock. We block out the words and hide from the facts. This is a temporary response that carries us through the first wave of pain. So it reminds me of, this, uh, of a story about denial, that sometimes denial is actually a good thing. Uh, you, get a, you get a guy in the military, and he's in a foxhole, and they get hit by a bomb, mm -hmm. and when the dust clears, all of his buddies are, are dead, and he survives it. And he crawls out of the foxhole, and he's heading to, to the mash unit because he, know, he knows something's wrong with him. He doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and he's feeling this kind of warm feeling on the left-hand side of him, and he's making it to the mash unit. When, when he finally gets there, he realizes he lost a limb. Oh, wow. Right? But he didn't know it. Well, he knew it. I mean, he looked. He saw his, his arm was gone, but he did not recognize it. He was in total denial about it. All he knew was he needed to get to the mass unit. Mm -hmm. And his denial actually allowed him the, the ability to get from the foxhole to the mass unit. And so sometimes denial is necessary to get us from one phase of grief mm -hmm. to a next phase of grief. Um, otherwise, he would have gone into shock and very well passed out and been killed. Mm. Uh, so that's denial. The isolation piece is, is pretty dangerous. When we isolate. Yeah. You know, that's... Anytime we isolate, it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So... Well, I, when, how about if you just internalize and you think that's uh, um, isolating and, and go on with life? I think it could be, yeah. Don't you? Hmm. I was just wondering that yeah, from, I mean, from if, what you were saying. If you just stuff it and just go on and... Yeah. I don't... Yeah, because, see, I don't... Hmm. I hardly understand the dog thing because it's an animal. Right. And I had a dog that I loved. Yeah. You know, but that was that was just the way that was. Right. You know, so I think that shows that we grieve differently. We do. Mm -hmm. You know. We do. But I was wondering if, see, I'm the kind of a person that I didn't share my, my thing with my mom. I don't share my my uh, regret with my wife right you know uh i use it if it'll help if people know you know that that these things if i'm working with somebody mm -hmm. but uh i just internalize those things know that life has to go on i don't think i hold them that they're a uh a big weight on the back of my my back i just mm -hmm. wish that i said boy we sure could have done better Right. It's it's right. Yeah. The one I don't understand, Monty, mm -hmm. if you want to know about the weeping, mm -hmm. is that when I come to Christ and I thought about another individual that I know and I knew he was lost, I cried for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Now that and I mean I was grieving for this mm. man. Sure. He was a man and I was crying for him. Yeah. I was in between these two bunks in my motorhome mm -hmm. on the floor. 
mm. and just weeping mm-hmm. about this individual. Mm-hmm. Now, and I mean, I was grieving because yeah. I knew he was lost. Yeah. Oh wow. Ain't that something? Yeah. 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 You remind me so much of my dad when you're talking because he's the. It's like listening to him is crazy. Yeah, is that right? He's, yeah. he's the same way. We can't do anything about that. No. So I put it no. away. See mm-hmm. and. And yeah. uh, that's what I do. And, and the thing with, with, with my dog, for instance, now when we lost one of our cats, mm-hmm. I was very close to that cat. Yeah. The cat's name was Survivor. Oh, Because it had survived so many things. Yeah. And, and it's like, but yeah. I didn't grieve the way I did with our dog. Uh, see, now there, there's the thing. That's, I guess, because I was thinking if I have an animal that I do, I guess I just do. Well, I think it's because we had to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it still gets me now. It's like, Having to, on any human or animal, having to make that specific the decision. Final, the, the final, final choice. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, Cinder, she, she was, I think she was ready way before I was. I think I waited oh, another Sakima day. Oh, Sakima was too. Yeah. 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 And so when, uh, oof. Good point. I, you can see the pictures on my Facebook. It's still really oh, yeah. hard. Yeah. But this is how I get through it. I talk about it. But I've never had to make a decision. On another life. Yeah. And I think that's why it affects me so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You bet. You bet. I, that, yeah, I she's got a really good point Yeah, there. see, because Survivor was hit by a car. No, oh, I didn't have to put Survivor down. Uh-huh. I had to put Sakima down. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But Sakima was ready long before, too. Yeah. My selfishness kept Sakima here longer exactly. than, than, what was, than what was fair. Um, number two, anger. Um, as the masking effects of denial and isolation begin to wear, reality and its pain reemerge. We are not ready. The intense emotion is deflected from our vulnerable core, redirected and expressed instead as anger. Uh, the anger may be aimed at an inanimate object. <laughs> yeah. Um, complete strangers, friends or family. Anger may be directed at our dying or deceased loved one. Rationally, we know the person is not to be blamed. Emotionally, however, we may resent the person for causing us pain, <clears throat> causing us pain or for leaving us. We feel guilty for being angry, and thus that makes us more angry. <laughs> yeah, when my friend died, I was mad at him. Yeah. For dying. Yeah, I, I, that was my grieving process. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to get angry over it. I mean, away from the anger. And the other time I was angry was at the family. I think my grief for my wife, I was directing it towards the family. I was mad at all of them because of their wanting to take everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just give it to them, and it wasn't enough to give it to them. They had to act like vultures. Ask for more, exactly. Right. Be right. greedy. Right. Yeah. yeah. They it, took the pictures off the wall. They took mm-hmm. everything. They, yeah, and like she says, they wanted to take the the... Towels and stuff out yeah, of the, sure. you know, the laundry uh, uh, cupboard. And right. I, I can relate to that because when my grandma passed, um, the my mom and her sister asked all of us kids to make a list. And I'm like, there's only one thing I wanted, really wanted, and that was her Bible. Mm-hmm. I said, basically, I think I put three things because you can't put a list on an I, – I, I didn't like to have to make that list, but I think right. I only put two or three things, and I'm like, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. give. I'm and 
I love my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really do. And they are amazing people. But sometimes on my side of the family, my siblings at times, and I love you guys so much, don't take this the wrong way, can be greedy. Yeah. And I was that way. And I can still be that well, way. Grief- and I could not put that list. And I got the Bible. And that's the only thing I yeah. wanted. Grief can make us greedy. Yeah, it, it does weird things to people. Yeah, you, you know it really does. In the case of, of losing our home, what we decided to do was we decided to make sure the house was cleaner than it was when we moved in. Mm-hmm. It was a house that was it was handed down to to me. Um, this relative talked my mom into changing the will. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew to fight this thing, I wasn't going to go through that. I wasn't going to put my family through that. Yeah, we said, you know what. Just let it go. So we made sure the house was cleaner than it was when we moved in. We hired somebody to come in and clean it. We left everything except for my dad's chair that he gave to me. Mm-hmm. There was I had I had stuff in that house that was actually mine. We left everything. And so nobody could say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and we said we're washing our hands of it. We're gonna let it go before they can actually take it. Yeah. You know, and, and so that was our way of, of, of dealing with that. I think that's that made it a lot easier. Then going through some big court battle mm-hmm. and losing it anyway and all that anger being there. You're absolutely right. And, and what I found when I <clears throat> I give away a, a access to a, a amount of money, mm-hmm. okay, there was some money involved, and I gave access of that away, it was the most freedom that I'd ever felt in my life because what was happening is I didn't want to. Right. I thought I was entitled that this was mine, that I deserved it more than they did. Exactly. You know, they were just going to throw it away anyway. Mm-hmm. You see, these type of things. So it was consuming me. Mm-hmm. And the minute that I signed the papers and gave mm-hmm. that away, I was set free. And I recognized that. And boy, I'm telling you, to be under that kind of worldly clamors and that kind of bondage, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just absolutely. And it's hard to do. It I is. did not want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that. There was a piece of me that struggled with it. But once it was done, it was probably the most freedom I've ever... It was more freedom than I felt from my addiction. And you people know how I feel about that. Exactly. Right. I do not want to go back to right. it. Right, right. You know, yeah. caught Amen. up in that again. But it was it was a greater. It was a more... God's been good to me, people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think if I was still drinking, I would have been just as greedy as my siblings were. Sure. Oh, oh you bet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> Number three is bargaining. Uh, the normal reaction to feelings of helplessness and vulnerability is often a need to regain control. Uh, say We say things like, if only we had sought medical attention sooner. Or if only we got a second opinion from another doctor. If only we had tried to be a better person toward them. That kind of reflects on what you were saying, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, secretly, we may make a deal with God or our higher power in an attempt to postpone the inevitable. This is a weaker line of defense to protect us from the painful reality. Mm-hmm. So we bargain. You know, we bargain with God. God, if you just bring him back, I'll do this. God, you know, if I could just go back in time, I would do this. I would do that. You know, it's the what ifs and the could have, should have. Yeah. I think one and three go hand in hand, kind of a little bit. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think bargaining can be a a piece of denial. Denial. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, I think just think stuff could be interlaced. It could mm-hmm. be real confusing. Mm-hmm. Very confusing. Mm-hmm. You know. Number four is depression. Two types of depression are associated with mourning. The first one is a reaction to practical impl- implications relating to the loss. Sadness and regret predominate this type of depression. Uh, we're sorry about the cost and burial. Uh, we're sorry that in our grief we have spent less time with others that depended on us. This phase may be eased by simple clarification and reassurance. We may need a bit of helpful cooperation in a few kind words. The second type of depression is more subtle and, in a sense, perhaps more private. It is our quiet preparation to separate and to bid our loved ones farewell. Sometimes all we really need is a hug. I, 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 wow. I, 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 I went through that with, with, you know, with, with people in my life where I went through that silent depression and it really wasn't, it wasn't the blues. It wasn't clinical depression. It was kind of a quiet time of getting prepared to finally accept, which is number five, by exactly. the way, the reality of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And people would say, what's wrong with you? And I'd say, nothing. I'm just sad. Yep. You know, it isn't a bad thing. It's just preparing you for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know too many people that do backflips and jump up and down and want to <laughs> ride on carnival rides when they lose somebody. Right, I, exactly. You know, if you do, mm-hmm. you're very strange. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I didn't want to be alone, mm-hmm. you know, when I died. I wanted to have a mate. You know that would be with me. That would uh, right. That I was uh, dependent on, and she's dependent on me. You know what I mean? That we had this bond. You know that I could uh, have some sort of insurance mm-hmm. and give it. You know. I think and, that's about the sweetest thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. in my life. Aww. Well, it, it it's what we do. It's what you know. We build these relationships, mm-hmm. and uh, other people can't give us give us that. And I think that that can put us in a state of depression because we've lost that if we're not real careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I can get depressed and real sympathetic, and uh, even self pity uh, can come into the uh, picture. Mm-hmm. You know, as uh, as we go through the grieving process. But I've seen others go so deep that they actually have to get uh, physical help from doctors. You bet. Oh, you yeah. know, to uh, uh, take medication right? Uh, because they just slip into this thing and they can't get out. Mm-hmm. They just can't get out of it. Uh, that's why I think God's been good to me. Mm-hmm. Because I have this, mm-hmm. but I don't have it to the degree that I see it in people. Yeah. And I, there's nothing I can do to stop it. No. Yeah. But just mm-hmm. be there and try to be of encouragement and... I let them know I understand, mm-hmm. you know, that it hurts, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's uh, it's like you put yourself in a room that you think you want to be in. It's got no windows, and then there's no way out. Yeah, yeah. Perfect analogy. We yep. um, when we got married, we made we made an oath to each other that we would not put one hundred percent of ourselves into the other person. See, because we had watched people spouses that did that, and when the other spouse passed away, it was just a matter of like three years at the max Mm -hmm. when the other one would pass away due to grief. People think that that's a a good thing, but see, that's not God-centered. Right. 
See, if you put God first, even before your relationship, yep. he will show you how to have the right kind of relationship. That's right. Okay, and this must be my Grammy talking right now through me. <laughs> because she lived, and she was very spiritually fit. I mean, mm-hmm. every Sunday until the day she died, she was in church. Yeah. And she lived years after my grandpa passed, years because God was so strong in her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, and so we, we lit a unity candle, mm-hmm. you know, and part of it was, you know, my thing was like the times with going out with the guys, mm-hmm. you know, and doing all that stuff, that's, that's come to an end. You know, I'm joining this woman and we're becoming one, but we're only one because of what God is in our lives. So we lit the unity candle and that meant... God was at the center of our relationship. Aww. And so if we if, if one of us happens to go, our 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 even though as painful as it can be, mm-hmm. um I don't have and Marcia doesn't have 100% of each other in each other. We have ourselves founded in God. If that was if you had 100%, how could you rectify that? Oh my gosh. See, you know, because you can't stop this process. No. No. You know, we're, we're no. talking about something that we're going through. Right. You know, right. now you can grieve uh, 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 secularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you grieve spiritually? Right. Can you grieve spiritually? That's yeah. the question. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Which brings us to number five, acceptance. Reaching the stage of mourning is a gift not affordable to everyone. Death may be sudden and unexpected, or we may never see beyond our anger or denial. It is not necessarily a mark of bravery to resist the inevitable and to deny ourselves the opportunity to make our peace. This phase is marked by withdrawal and calm. This is not a period of happiness and must be distinguished from depression. Loved ones that are terminally ill or aging appear to go through a final period of withdrawal. The dignity and grace shown by our dying loved ones may well be their last gift to us. Coping with loss is ultimately a deeply personal and singular experience. Nobody can help you go through it more easily or understand all the emotions that you're going through. But others can be there for you and help comfort you through the process. The best thing you can do is to allow yourself to feel the grief as it comes over you. Resisting it only will prolong the natural process of healing. That can be more true. Yeah. So acceptance... Shouldn't be confused with depression mm-hmm. because acceptance can appear to be very depressing, but you're going through the acceptance process of what's what's going on. And I don't believe, and Bruce, you, you and I talked about this before the show. I don't believe I can fully accept what's going on in the loss of even my family or the loss of my pet mm-hmm. or any of that stuff and come out the other end and be okay without the power of God in my life. And I've gone, I've gone to funerals and memorial services and watched people that do not have a relationship with the living God. And I have said to my wife, how do they make it through it? And she says, they don't. This is, this is what I think God has done. He's made us where we can go to this acceptance. Yes. You know, process. And uh, it, it, don't confuse it with depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's there, and and people see it. And they they think we're depressed, but we're not. We're just acknowledging and accepting what's taken place, what took place in my mother's life, mm-hmm. what took place in my wife's life, in, in mine, and now I've accepted that, and I'm trying to move on mm-hmm. and do the right thing. You see what I yeah. mean? 
And this is what I know, and this is where my hope lies, and I just have to pass this along to people, that God is going to use this in a way that I don't understand or I don't know quite how, but I know he'll use it. Mm -hmm. All things work for good for those that are called according to his purpose. Love him. Mm -hmm. All things. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, the funny part (laughs) is, is I, I, I... I, I've listened to you share and you've said some great things, but you know, you have to, uh, and this is just my thought. You always say you wish she knew, you know, you wish you could have, could have, would have, should have, and you never shared your story. Well, you just did. And she knows now that's God's work right there. Wow. I got deep. <laughs> <laughs> that did. But it's true. I mean, they may not physically be here. Your little horn there for that. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I talked to my grandma like she's and my grandparents like they're still there. <laughs> well, you know, the word of God but says yeah. the saints go on before that they're, they're, they're praying for us. Mm-hmm. They're praying for us. And uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, when you have that hope, when you've got that eternal hope and you know that you can move forward. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how people do. They just don't. You know, they 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 don't get over it or they continue to grieve. Mm hmm forever in a manner that and i'm not trying to tell people how to grieve i'm just saying and no one should ever say well by now you should be over it you know what yeah. i'm saying but but i don't have that that burden i mean i still miss sakima i miss my family mm. when i think about it i tear up yeah but i don't have that horrible weight on my shoulders uh that 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 grim reaper kind of thing you yeah know i think I mean? that's the that's acceptance gone. process that's gone yeah mm-hmm. And I think yes, the see, acceptance grows daily as we go on, too. I don't think it's, bam, I accepted it. Right. Yeah, so, I'm yeah we really, no, I, I think you're right. And I think we it just goes back to where Monty, the, the disclaimer that mm-hmm. she said, this acceptance thing, you know, we don't tell people, and people go through different stages at different times. Right. And, you know, uh, some people are more depressed, some people are, are more uh, angry. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, in, in, we have to allow them that time. Yeah. But we do, and are called to come alongside one another. You betcha. Mm-hmm. And to help this person to, to uh, edify and to hold them up and mm-hmm. to of carry one another. Definitely, burdens. definitely. See, we don't want to do that. We. When we go in, when we enter into people's lives, it's the mess and the good stuff. Yep. You bet. We have you to bet. be willing to do you that. You bet. Mm-hmm. You bet. Well, listen, we're closing out with, with a song. It's a sad song, um, but I think it's uh, it makes a real good statement. Life is for the living. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we love you. That's... I'm going to say, that's sad. I'm growing on him. I'm growing on him. <laughs> Life is for the Life living. Life is for the living. Um, this is uh, Jer- our friend Jerry Vandiver, and this is his song, Life Goes On. She's been alone for three years now. Well, there's me and my sister. But for 46 years till he died. She was Mrs. He was Mr. She has her Tuesday bridge club friends And Sunday school that she attends 
But someone new has just stepped in to fill what she's been missing. Life goes on, and it's only for the living. Life goes on, it's not meant to go alone. She needs, she wants, she's here. He's gone, and life, oh, life goes on. Howard buys her ice cream cones. She thinks that's so romantic. They do bargain matinees and Friday senior dance. Never take her husband's place, but Howard sure has helped erase the empty hours, the empty space. Though it's not the way she planned it, life goes on, and it's only for the living. Life goes on; it's not meant to go alone. She needs, she wants. She's here, he's gone. In life, oh, life goes on. And somewhere, wherever he is, I know Dad is smiling down on all of. Life goes on, and it's only for the living. Life goes on; it's not meant to go alone. She needs, she wants, she's here, he's gone. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with Tony and Bruce, and we'd like to wish God's perfect serenity for you. Bye bye now, my friends. This has been a broadcast of Take Twelve Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.